Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. A very good morning out there to boxing fans. Uh, Guy Leister here at combattalkradio.net is back with our update, and I am doing this on Saturday morning. We have a slim uh, boxing weekend here, so I'm going to speed through these real quick, and just for people who have asked, the reason I say boxing fans as opposed to fight fans is that I draw a line. Are you a fan of fighting in general? No problem. But if you're a fan of boxing, that's what the podcast directly caters to. It doesn't mean that I don't cover other combats, just that those are not as prominent right now, and they certainly don't need my attention. They got significant other coverage. I've wanted to cover some of the medieval fights, but it seems like they're hard to pin down. There's not really one you know, broadcast outlet, so they're hard to get those. I don't cover MMA because it feels like they've kind of declined. They don't have a lot of big names or stars or anybody that catches my eye. And so I've not focused heavily on it like I used to before. It's not that I'm not interested. It just doesn't really catch me. Like boxing seems to be able to hold my attention. Obviously boxing went to a lull. We've had a really good 2023 so far. The fights here this weekend are decently good fights. They're not going to be great fights, but I think they're worth your time. A one wrapped up already. And that was Ioka versus Franco. That happened as a rematch Franco came in grossly overweight. He was literally another weight class up. Overweight, Ioka outboxed him very recently, wins the title. So kudos to Ioka. He becomes the first male Japanese boxer to be a four-division champion. So kudos to him for that one and that win. Let's go ahead and crash course through our fights here. On Showtime, out in the armory in Minneapolis, 12 rounds middleweight action. Carlos Adami's taking on J-Rock, Julian Williams. This is for the WBC interim a title at 160. So this person, whoever would win this one, gets a shot at the 160 title. And I believe that's held by Jermall Charlo, big Charlo, who's not been active very recently. I know very, I know a lot about both guys, actually. I've watched the careers of both of them as they go. I like both of them. Uh, J-Rock's had a rough time of it. J-Rock has been, ever since he got, he got brutally sparked uh, by Charlo. And ever since then, he's not been that dude. But I still think he's a quality fighter in his own right. Um, he's slightly older, but he still seems to have game to him. This fight's a good matchup. The numbers are equal. Height's basically the same. Reach is pretty much the same. They're both orthodox stances. But J-Rock's coming off two losses, one of them a stoppage loss that's going to play in. And then Adami's, he's coming off a knockout loss. Prior to that, he went a little bit struggle, but he was still he's still that dude. Experience-wise, it leans towards J-Rock, but I'm going to give this to Adami's. I think Adami's is just a more dominant fighter overall. He only has the one loss, and since then, he's just kind of blown him out. So for me, I'm leaning towards Adamus on that one. Hopefully, J-Rock is able to recover. I just feel like ever since that spark from Jamal, he has not been that same guy. On the undercard of that same event, uh, Erickson Lubin makes his return finally against Luis Arias. Of course, I'm familiar with both guys. I like both guys. I'm more a fan of Luis Arias, although... Arias, is, he's getting up there in age, and he seems like he's declining finally after a pretty good run early on. Uh, Arias, to me, has, just from a skill perspective, he should win the fight, but I think Erickson Lubin's going to be too much for him. Lubin's coming off a stoppage loss. However, I think, I think, my opinion, Lubin is just too dominant overall compared to where Arias is now. Well, here's what I mean by that. 
Lubin is a Southpaw. Lubin's the younger person. Lubin, he is going to go and try to get you out of there actively. And unless if you're strong enough to stop him, like I don't mean stop him as in get a stoppage, but I'm saying strong enough to get him off you, strong enough to make him respect you, he's going to bull, he's going to bulldoze you. He's going to run right over you. And so for me, I don't think Arius is going to have enough based on his previous performances to deal with Lubin, even though I think Arius has more experience by far and away. I just think Lubin's going to be too much. He's just too powerful, too dominant. Uh, the second part of this is that Arius, if I look at the totality of his last five fights, per se, he's not had... His most recent fight, he got a unanimous win, but it wasn't a spectacular win, even though it was unanimous. Prior to that, he either went close or got or lost. He wasn't knocked out in those, but he was close or lost. And so I'm looking at it like there's a decline that's clear on Arius, but couple that with the fact that Lubin just seems like he's that guy that's going to bulldoze you when he gets in there. Most online agree with my prediction. We'll see how it plays out because I'm an Arias fan. I just think Lubin's going to be too much for the dude. Also at 12 rounds of super flyweight action, Fernando Martinez fighting Jade Bernea. I don't know Jade Bernea. Uh, I've never heard of him, but when I looked at his record, I wasn't overly impressed. He's not a bad fighter, but I wasn't overly impressed. He's been in the game almost 10 years now. He doesn't have a significant amount of rounds in the books. Uh, it seems like he stylistically has the tools. But if I'm going with my gut, this is for the IBF uh, Junior Bantamweight title, by the way. If I'm going with my gut, I don't see a reason Fernando Martinez doesn't get a win here. I'm not saying that he's going to get a knockout because I doubt that. I think it's going to be a unanimous decision for Fernando Martinez. I think Bornea is going to show me something. I think he's going to go out there and he's going to do everything he can to get the win, I just don't think he's going to have it. However, most online disagree with me. They think that Bornea is going to get the win and they're going to knock out Martinez. I don't know where that's coming from. If it's something I missed in one of the fights, I'd love to hear it because when I look at the numbers, when I look at different fight histories, Bornea is a solid fighter, but man, Martinez is that dude <laughs> from, a, from a stylistic perspective. Martinez, it, they're equal, roughly equal in terms of height. Bornea has a reach advantage, but that's like the only advantage he has other than age. So I'm leaning Martinez on this one, unless there's something I missed in this one. And maybe it's just the, the Manny Pacquiao effect with Bornea. I, I don't know for a fact. Just when I look at it, this is my prediction. I'm on recorded. I'm leaning Martinez in this one by decision. Also on that same one, card, 10 rounds at light heavyweight action. Caleb Truax comes back. He's fighting Burley Brooks. I've never heard of Burley Brooks. Burley Brooks has only been in the game uh, shortly under four years, I think it is. And he's he's a powerful guy, but he doesn't, I don't think he's anywhere in Truax's class. And Truax is old. You know, Truax is nearly 40 years old. He got dominated his last fight actually twice over, and he's been on the decline. So this is a rebuild fight for him, a get back fight, see if he can get back up on the cards. I don't know. I've never, you know, I watched one fight of Brooks and I'm not, I can't see a reason why Truax loses the fight. However, I'm not going to ignore the fact that Brooks has power. He has power in both hands. He's orthodox, but he has power in both hands. So he could go out there and just completely retire Truax from the business. But for me, it feels like Truax should be able to deal with him. That's my gut speaking. I could get that way wrong. The last one I see uh, on the deck here, which I'm really excited on this one, Wilner Soto fighting Jerwin and Goss. I am... 
The reason I'm excited about this one is not because of the opposition, but because of the weight class. This is eight rounds of super bantamweight action, and usually the super bantamweight station, they're the ones that give the fight of the night um, almost every time. And Cajas has been on the decline. He's off two unanimous losses, but Soto was just recently stopped in his. Ancajas, way more experience. I think Ancajas has a reach advantage on the guy. Ancajas is a slightly younger guy. Ancajas has been in wars. He knows at the top level what it takes. He's on the decline. This is clearly a get-back fight for Ancajas, and I feel that this is no different. I don't think that Soto's going to have anything for him. Soto is, he has a terrible record, let's be honest. So I think Ancajas is going to easily deal with him. It's a showcase fight for Ancajas, a rebuild fight. I got no problem with it. But I think it's going to be exciting for however long it lasts, is my point, compared to everything else that's on the books. That's what we got as far as what's on schedule. Now, let's talk about some of the chatter and things that have been happening around the world of boxing. So the current chatter is that Dillian White was trying to get the fight signed with Anthony Joshua. Of course, nobody really wants to see that, but it's better than Joshua sitting on the bench. Dillian says, well, you know, I, I didn't make any demands. You know, they didn't send me anything. They just got me off. Okay, and then Eddie Hearn's like, you get a contract tomorrow. Okay, so then apparently that fight's going to be signed and sealed and Joshua get a fight to come back and rebuild. We're not going to get Joshua versus Fury. We're not going to get Joshua versus Wilder. We're going to get Joshua versus a guy that's been blitzed multiple times. Fine. Deontay Wilder, meanwhile, we don't know what's going to happen with him and what's his next fight. I think Wilder's 39. So we don't know what's happening with him. We need to get him back in the ring. He hasn't fought since he sparked out Hellenius, and he needs to get back in the ring. Initially, he was going to be fighting Andy Ruiz. That didn't seem to happen. Apparently, Ruiz was asking too much money. Ruiz has been on the sidelines for who knows how long after an embarrassing performance against Chris Ariola. So we don't know what's happening with the heavyweight division. And I put out a thing on NSB where I'm saying, you know, it feels like heavyweight is stale now compared to what it used to be. And you have to look at the Wilder Fury trilogy to get any kind of excitement. I know there was the Ariola Konaki. I mean, I looked at that fight, but it was it didn't have the same... It didn't have the same psychology and excitement of psychology that Fury Wilder trilogy did by, at all. And the third fight in particular, I, to me. And so that's the kind of fight we should be consistently getting. Like almost every month, we should be getting those kind of high-level, high-profile fights, and we're not getting it. So we have to see what's going to happen, uh, certainly with Deontay Wilder, because he's not getting any younger. Joshua, I don't know why those two haven't fought by now. It is what it is. And then Tyson Fury, we don't know what's happening with him. Apparently, Fury tried again to get Usyk. That didn't happen, so we don't know what's happening with him. The top level of heavyweight, it's stale. It's actually where 147 was <laughs> a couple of years ago. And then we're getting close, apparently, to spend some Crawford getting in the ring and finally solving what's going on with there. So we can figure out a champion at 147. Remember, that fight is booked for two. So whoever is the loser, apparently there's a rematch clause where they can run it back. Whether they will or not, it's a different question. Nobody really knows. That's what we got on boxing. I'm probably not going to be dialing in live to check out these fights. I'll probably check them out after the fact that I may do a little bit of coverage, but uh, we got some good stuff that's coming up in the next couple of weeks that I am really, really excited about, not because of the fighters, but just because they're certainly, they're going to be higher level fights as in the opposition. So Jared Anderson and Prince Charles Martin, that's going to be a good one. Um, Francine Cruz Desern and Savannah Marshall, that's going to be a barn burner, I guarantee you. Uh, we got Dalton Smith. He's making his return. That's going to be a good one to watch. Ortiz Jr. Hopefully he's going to be healthy enough to make his return. That's going to be good in fighting Stankonia. I'm excited to see that one because we got to see if, first of all, can Ortiz Jr. still go at this level? He's been having problems. Stankonia seems like a really solid fighter. I want to see what happens to him because he might be the future of the division after Spence and uh, Crawford solve their deal. 
Carla Esparza, Boots Ennis, and Ramon Ites Killa Villa. I can't wait for that fight, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. So we got good fights coming up on deck. Just this way, this week has some decent good fights. They're not great fights, decent fights. And then coming in early July, we're going to wrap it up and get going. So that's our week. See you next week. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.